Good to see you all this morning. I got a question for you, and that is, uh, do you know that we live for a miracle-working God? Uh, we live for, and we worship, and uh, we serve a miracle-working God. There is nothing that is too hard for our God. There is no life that is so far away from God that God can't reach down and touch that person and forgive their sins and, and draw them into his family. And there's no situation that's so difficult, so dire, that God can't even, that God can't come down and, and make it not just a little bit better, but turn it all the way around and use it for his good. And uh, there's, no, there's no illness, no sickness that God can't heal, that God can't, uh, that, that, that God can't take away. God can take a body that is riddled with cancer and uh, confuse the doctors and, uh, and say, there, there's no more cancer. Uh, we serve and live for and worship a miracle-working God. I'm going to invite Robert and Esther to come forward, and, uh, and uh, they're going to share, uh, Esther is going to share a story of what God has done in her life in the last, uh, in the last week or so, and, uh, and it's a wonderful thing. So let's welcome Esther and Robert. share this morning and give God all the glory that 11 months ago I started chemo and the doctors told me that I really had two years at the most to live and I asked the doctor is there any chance in remission he said, no, there's no chance. And even though I listened to what he said, to myself, I said, God has the last word. Amen. And I took a PET scan, and I'm here to say that when I took that PET scan and the doctor came in, there was no cancer. And, and when, when I heard that there was no cancer, I mean, the cancer went through my lip notes already. And I really, he gave me no hope, but I still had hope. I had hope in Jesus. And when that happened, all I could say to myself was, I am your handmaiden, and you are my master. Amen. 
just want to say, I, I give the Lord, we give the Lord all the glory, all the glory, because these doctors said, no way, no way, right from the beginning, and then, way. <laughs> and uh, the Lord said different. You know, she has great faith. She has more faith than anyone I know. She has a great faith. And uh, she never got down on the Lord, never felt sorry for herself. I mean, I couldn't have done it like her. <laughs> I couldn't have done it like her. We just praise Jesus. And we thank all of our friends and family and all our church family for uh, giving us your prayers because you're all part of it and you all help. So we thank you. God bless you all. Esther. Yeah. Father God, we just thank you for the miraculous work that you've done in and she's in a wheelchair and for what you we thank you that you are a miracle God. and God we just come before you this morning and we give you all the glory and God we recognize that there's no medicine no doctors no treatment that can do what you can do and God uh, we uh, thank you for who you are and how much you love us God we know that you don't always answer our prayers in the same way but God, this morning we're, an, we're really thank you, thanking you that you've answered the prayers in this way. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. You know, uh, last Sunday Esther uh, told me that story and I said, ooh, you've got to share that next week. And, uh, but uh, th then I got thinking about, then I thought, okay, Esther and Robert are going to come up and share this miracle story. I thought, maybe I need to change my whole sermon, because I plan these things way in advance, and, uh, and uh, I need to change my whole sermon. And then it, then it dawned on me that what I was planning on preaching this morning is actually the same vein, just coming at it in a different direction. This morning we're talking about uh, being used by God. We're talking about God doing his work and we're asking that the Lord would use us. Today's message is entitled, Set Free to Be Used by God. It's in, the, and it's, it's in our sermon series, Set Free in 2023. And this morning I want to challenge us to a life of service because we understand that when we open up ourselves to the Lord's work, that He can use us to do miraculous things. Sometimes they're not always interpreted as miracles, but any time that God works through us and in us and around us, uh, it, and, it is a, and it is a work of His, then that is a wonderful thing. So today we're talking about a life of service, set free to be used by God. Galatians 5.23 says this, You, my brothers and sisters, are called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, 
Rather, serve one another humbly in love. That's what we're talking about this morning. You and I, if we have received Jesus as our Savior and Lord, we have been called to be free, as this passage says. Before we knew Jesus, we were not free. In fact, the Bible describes us as slaves. We're bound to sin and death. In Satan's camp, uh, he is our master. Whether we realize it or not, we are living in obedience to, 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 the, to his ways ways of pride and selfishness. But when God comes into our lives, he sets us free so that we are called into his family. And in his family, there is freedom that we didn't have before. In fact, we are called to, to, we're, we're free to live out into the person that God has created us to be. And part of what that means is, part of the way that he has created us is we are to live in service to one another. In God's family, as his children, we are called to serve one another. And so today is a special day, not just because we get to hear about a miracle, though that's really special. Today's a special day because today's our ministry fair as well. And so maybe you noticed this as you were coming in this morning, but in our, uh, in our ministry fair, we've got five ministry booths that are set up in the entryway or on the patio or in the social hall. And, uh, and these are uh, meant to be ways of helping us to find opportunities to serve in the church. Now, I'll emphasize in today's message, there's a lot of ways that you can serve. And hopefully, uh, a lot of, uh, hopefully you find great opportunities to serve outside the church. But as a part of a family, the church family, we also want to serve one another within the church. And so that's what we're talking about today. So in the entryway over here, I'll just give you the lay of the land. In the entryway over here is the welcome team booth. And uh, the welcome team are those that, uh, that greet people as they're coming on, onto the church grounds. Uh, they're going to pass out the programs. They're going to take the offering. But the most important thing that the a welcome team member does is smiles and shakes a hand and says, how are you doing? Because that's an important thing. We want to usher in the presence of God. When people come on to our, uh, into church, we want them to know that this is a place of love. And so it might seem like a small role, but it's not a small role. It's a very important role. And we would love to have you serve on a welcome team, which means that you serve once a month, uh, and, and help uh, serve as an usher or a greeter. The second booth that we have is in the social hall. That's the worship and AV ministry. AV stands for audiovisual. And so the worship team are those that are, that are up here on the stage helping us lead worship. If you've got musical ability, please don't hide that. Let us know. We would love to have you on the worship team. And, uh, and, and if you've got some technical skills, or even if you don't have skills, but you got a bent towards that, and you, can, and, and you say, hey, I could be trained to run the soundboard or help with the video equipment, that would be great. So talk to the uh, worship team, AV team in the social hall. The, set, the third booth is food and fellowship. That's in the social hall as well. And uh, food and fellowship's primary, re primary, res primary responsibility is after church lunch, which we know is very important because it's where we get to eat together. We have our family meal together. And uh, we talk about the love of God. Man, that's, that's a great opportunity 
sit down with our brothers and sisters and have a family meal. And so if you'd like to help serve uh, food at least once every couple months, that's our rotation. Hey, you can do it more than that if you want. But uh, talk to those at the Food and Fellowship booth. The two ministries out on the patio are the youth ministry and the children's ministry. Both have a booth. Now, the youth ministry uh, is in need of volunteers as well. As you may or may not know, we're, we're between youth directors and we're we're searching for someone. And so there's really a need there right now. There's always a need. But if you're willing to invest in our middle schoolers and our high school students, uh, there's lots of service opportunities to lead a small group, to, to just be there and play with the kids and have fun, to, to teach, to, to bring snacks. There's all kinds of opportunities. And children's ministry is the ministry of all the ministries in the church that needs the most volunteers. To have a good and vibrant children's ministry, which is what we want, it takes a lot of people. Because we, first of all, we don't want people back there every week, though that, that's wonderful, but we recognize like that's a recipe for burnout. We want to have a rotation, and we want, but we want to see kids be able to meet together in classes with their, with their age group. And, and we just really believe that children's ministry is one of the most important things that we can do as a church. Statistics back that up. More people will accept Jesus as a, as a young child than in any other stage of life, for sure. So if you want to make a difference for the kingdom, children's ministry is one of those areas that gives you a, that gives you a great opportunity to do that. So each booth has a ministry description. It has sign-up ways, and it has prayer cards. Maybe you're already plugged into a ministry, and you're like, I'm not going to serve anywhere uh, else, but I'd be willing to pray. Man, those that will be at the booth would love to talk to you and give you a prayer card because they would love to know that they have uh, people that are praying for their ministry. I've been in, I've been a pastor for long enough that I look out on faces and I can already tell in one ear, out the other. And, uh, and I know that we've had these kind of days, uh, ministry fairs, and uh, and people don't sign up the way that we were hoping, all I'm asking is open up your heart to serve the Lord. And, uh, and, and we will be thrilled because we are excited about these ministries. And we know God's going to use them, especially if we have more people involved. And so my prayer is, my hope for us is, in one ear, stick there. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and we will grow together as a church. So, so why should we serve? Galatians 5, 13, let me read it again, and then the next verse, verse 14. In these two verses alone, I see three reasons why we should serve. Galatians 5, 13, and 14 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Three reasons why you should serve, why we all should serve, uh, and the first is the most obvious. We serve because we love. We serve because we love. When I of these ministries, and there's other ministries in the church, I'm not discounting those. Uh, we have these five because it's, there's a lot, of a lot of opportunities to serve. We're highlighting these five. But every one of them is motivated by love. 
We serve in the children's ministry and the youth ministry because we love the kids and we love our teens. And, uh, and we serve in the kitchen because we want to just give opportunity to sit at a table and to love one another. And so we pass out the food with, in love. We greet one another in love. We stand up here. Uh, we, we have a worship team and, and an AV team because we love the Lord and we want to worship Him. And we love our church and we want to encourage one another to be able to glorify God together. All of these things are motivated by love. A couple weeks ago, and, uh, and I don't even know if this person will remember this, they're, they're fairly new to the church, like within the last couple, uh, uh, couple years he started to come, and on his way out he spontaneously said, I, I love our church. And talk about melt a pastor's heart. <laughs> I love our church. I love our church too, and that's wonderful. And, uh, and we serve because we love. We love one another. Reason number two is we serve because we are free. Okay, that one I'm going to have to explain a little bit, but that's what's in this passage. It says we were called to, uh, to be free and to use our freedom to serve one another. Don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh, it says. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. We serve because we're free. We're free, first of all, from sin and death, like we've talked about. We're free from Satan's camp. And, that, and that's kind of the negative side. That's what we're free from. But what are we free to? We're free to live into God's family as a child of God. So when we talk about our freedom, what we're talking about is we're, we, have, we're, we have freedom to fulfill our heart's desires. That's how God's created us. We might not even recognize it until we begin to serve. We're like, ooh, that feels good. That, that, that's right. That's what God has created me for. And so we serve because God has set us free. Have you seen the movie Shawshank Redemption? You, you seen that one? I don't even know how old that one is. It's kind of timeless in my mind because I watch it every year. It's one of my favorites. Every once in a while, I just want to watch Shawshank Redemption, but it's probably a, a fairly old movie. Now, one of the characters in the movie, his name is Brooks. If you've seen the movie, you'll remember Brooks. He's not a major character, but he's this lovable old guy. And uh, when he's in prison, uh, uh, he works in the library, and he has that pet crow. You remember Brooks? And, uh, and Brooks has been in prison basically his whole adult life. So he comes across as a sweetheart in the movie. Surely he has at least one act that wasn't so sweet because he's served decades in prison and he's been denied parole over and over and over again. And then in his old age, he's finally released from prison. And this is a picture of him on the bus uh, going away from Shawshank Prison. And, uh, and he's filled with fear. He has no idea how to live in the free world. All he's ever known is prison life. And the sad part of the movie is that he gets so overwhelmed, he ends up taking his own life. And sometimes I think we don't know how to use our freedom. We lived in sin for so long. We've been surrounded by an environment of selfishness and pride and sin for so long. We're like, I don't even know how to live as a free person. Well, here's how we live as a free person. You serve one another in love. That's how we live as children of God. That's what God has called us to. 
if we live a life of faith, we dedicate ourselves in service to one another. So when you go to the store, open the door for someone. When you see someone in need, seek to serve them and to share the love of God with them. Send a card to someone who is sick. Take cookies to your neighbor for no reason other than just to love them and to serve them. You know, you're a friend is going through a hard time, take the time just to listen. There's so many opportunities to serve. We can f- have a whole life of service. And one way that you can and should serve is in your church. And that's what we'd like to encourage you today. You're here, and, and we're, we're so happy you're here. We want you to be a part of our church family. And we believe that even if this is your first Sunday here, and you're like, I can be faithful, I can, I can serve. We'd love that. We want to encourage you to serve. Now, at our church, uh, one more reason, I forgot, one more reason. The third reason to serve is we serve because God first served us. Last week, we talked about how we give because uh, God has first given to us. Today, we're talking about we serve because God has first served us. In Galatians 5, the believers are addressed as brothers and sisters. We are brothers and sisters to one another. And, th- and so that means that God is our Father. He's our Heavenly Father. Now, little boys like to imitate their dads, right? And little girls want to imitate their moms. They want to grow up to be like their mom or their dad. I think that's a good thing. It warms my heart when my son, Dawson, wants to, wants to be like me. It's a little scary because I make a lot of mistakes and I find myself apologizing a lot, but there's something good and right about that. Uh, God has created us so that we want to grow up to be like our dad. And when we grow up in our faith, we want to be like our Heavenly Father. Now, the greatest example of God's service to us is the fact that he went to the cross. But the night before he went to the cross, he gathered his disciples in an upper room to celebrate the Passover feast with them. And he did what was unthinkable for a rabbi to do. is He took off his outer garment, he wrapped around him a, a servant's robe, and he got down and he washed the feet of his disciples. Now, that was the job for the lowliest of servants. No one would put that upon anyone except those that were considered the low of the low, the lowest of the lows. Because in that day, uh, people wore sandals without socks. And if you wear sandals today, please don't wear socks with it, okay? I'm just saying. But, but they had no socks back then, obviously. And, and, they, and so they walked on streets. And keep in mind, the main form of transportation was donkeys and camels and horses. And so I'll just leave it there. Uh, the streets weren't clean and neither were their feet. And uh, Jesus gets down and uh, washes their feet. And then he says, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet. You should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. And that means we should serve one another. We should imitate our Heavenly Father. We should serve because God has first served us. As a church, we've organized our service ministry around one main passage, and that's Ephesians chapter 4. In Ephesians 4.11, it says, 
So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. We call this apest ministry. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. Apest. Now these are the leaders. But the leaders are not here to do the work of the church. In fact, let me just make this really clear. The church leaders are here not to do all the work, but to equip all God's people for works of service. You see, leaders lead. Not, leaders don't necessarily do it all. Leaders help us to all do it together. And maybe that's a mindset shift. We thought, well, the pastor is there to do the work. Well, we do a lot of work, hopefully. You see that. Uh, the deacons, the board, the lay leaders. But it's really because we want to help all of us serve together. You see, this passage goes on to say, so Christ gave himself to be the, uh, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service. And so we want everyone to be involved. Every member is a minister. Every member is a minister. Not just a handful, but all of us have a place. In fact, uh, the verse goes on to say that uh, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. One of Paul's favorite analogies is the body of Christ. And the body has a lot of different parts, right? Uh, you got fingers, you got, you got hands, you got feet, you got mouths, you got uh, ears. You got all of these things. And uh, Paul uses this analogy whenever he is speaking about serving in the church. He uses it in 1 Corinthians, Romans, Colossians, here in Ephesians. And he goes on to expand on the metaphor in verse 16 uh, of Ephesians 4. He says, From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. As each part does its work. So maybe you are here this morning and you're a hand. You're here to greet. You're here to pass out food. Maybe you're here and you're an ear. You're here to listen and to, and to show compassion and to, to love. Maybe you're here and you're a mouth. You're to lead a life group. You're to teach the children's ministry. You're to, you're to lead a small group among the, uh, in the youth group. Maybe your feet go out into the community and to, to, to invite others. Maybe you're a thinker and a strategist. You're a brain. We need brains around here, that's for sure. And, but all of it, my, my point is, all of us have a part. A big part or a small part, no matter how you f see it, it's a part. And maybe you think, my part's not very significant. I don't need to, to, to be there. I'm, I'm just a big toe. You know how badly you need a big toe? <laughs> you lose your big toe, you lose all your balance and your stability. I say that kind of jokingly, but my point is every person has a part. And in fact, when we don't have a part, when we're missing a part, then we're not able to experience all God has for us. When I was a kid, the, the, there was a guy in my church. I, I never forget, forget this because uh, it looked funny to me, but he was never knew. In fact, I think it was like that finger is right in the middle. I never knew... Uh, how he lost his finger. In fact, I don't even remember it too much because he always, I, I remember he was missing a finger, but I, I never got a good look at it all the time because he always kept his hand in his pocket. He was always embarrassed about that missing finger. 
And uh, we as a church, we want to have every part connected, every part joined together, because then we can be all that God has called us to be. In fact, all together, then we're built up and blessed. When we are all together, we're, we're unified together. When we are all working together, then we're joined together, we're unified. When we're all working together, then we have the knowledge of Christ. We get to know Jesus more when we minister to Then we obtain spiritual maturity. When we are all working together, we're all ministering to one another. We're going to grow in our faith. In fact, you may be thinking, why am I not growing my faith? Try serving the Lord. We obtain uh, spiritual maturity. We experience the fullness of Christ. All that God has for us, the whole enchilada. We get it all. All of God's blessings are there when all of God's people work together. And we receive stability in cultural confusion. You know, we live in a world that has a lot of cultural confusion right now. A lot of people don't know right from wrong, up from down. When we are whole as a church, all together, we have all five of those things. And that's quite the list. In fact, leave the list up there for one more second. Let me, let me continue on in the passage. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers— to equip people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith. When we're all working together, we have unity in, faith, in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of God. We get it all when we're working together. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the ways, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. That's what I mean by cultural confusion. We get stability when we're all together. I was talking to a parent just yesterday, and the, and the parent was saying, you know, I just don't, I, I, I really have a lot of confusion right now. Uh, my child's coming with all kinds of questions, and I'm being told one thing here and one thing there. I, I don't know uh, what to believe. So many questions about gender and sexuality and right and wrong, and, uh, and there's just a whole lot of confusion. And, uh, and I tried to give some counsel the, the best I, I could, especially just trying to to guide in God's word, but I got thinking about it later, and, and I was reminded that Maricela is teaching a class on this exact stuff. Starts in a couple weeks. She's having a vision casting meeting on February 5th, Sunday, on, on that Sunday afternoon, and it's, and it's basically to, to talk about the exact stuff that parents are dealing with right now. And she's received training and going to a whole lot of work. But my point is, the Lord laid it on her heart. That's the body of Christ. All of us coming together to do those five things, to experience the fullness of Christ 
And when we all work together, then we get all the benefits and the blessings together. See, what we're talking about here is a healthy church. Sometimes churches are seen as healthy if they've got a big program, lots of, lots of people attending. Maybe you think, uh, that's a healthy church because look at their building. A lot of times we define a, a health uh, based on three B's. They got a, a building, they got bucks, and they got butts in the seat. And, and no, 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 not for us. We're not going to define a healthy church by three B's. We'll define it by three S's. A healthy church is where people serve one another, support one another, and submit to God. That's the type of church we want to be. And so today, I'm asking a question around the first one. Where will you serve? Uh, we got five ministry booths, and I encourage you to go and to, to visit one after the service today. Again, there is the team, food and fellowship, worship and AV, uh, youth ministry, and children's ministry. And uh, children's ministry, like I said, is a big need for a lot of volunteers, but it also has a has a big bang for your buck if you want to use bees. It has a lot of opportunity to be used by the Lord. And so I want to invite now Kawasaki, who's our children's minister, to come and share a little bit about the children's ministry. And then I know she has some testimonies that she wants to introduce people as well. So let's welcome now. Good morning. My name is now. I'm the director of children's ministry. Pastor Corey gave you all the good reasons why you should be involved in the ministry, and I've been involved in, uh, involved in the children's ministry, and I do believe it helps me grow my relationship with the Lord and helps me grow as a person, and it's been a lot of fun working with the kids and our team of volunteers. I really enjoy connecting with the kids. Um, when they feel comfortable with me, they tell me all kinds of things about their life, their friends, and their family. So I know a lot about you. <laughs> More than you think I know, so watch out. <laughs> Sometimes I do see anger and sadness in their hearts, and I get to tell the kids that Jesus loves you, and Jesus has a great plan for you. So it's really fulfilling. I really love being in the children's ministry. I think it's fun. After all, this is the only ministry I get really good spiritual questions like, how do I know, how do I know that God is with me all the time? To questions like, Auntie Now, what's your favorite weapon? <laughs> so now I would like to bring up two boys who grew up in this church and will ask their story about their experience in the church and the children's ministry. So please welcome Jacob and Kevin. Okay, please share your experience at church and um, in the children's ministry. And this is Kevin. Hi, I'm Kevin. Um, it sounds like a commercial, but if your child's not in our Sunday school, he, is, he or she is missing out. I learned to like church after going to Sunday school for a few years, especially when I was doing some activities that grew my spiritual brotherhood and sisterhood uh, with others. And especially youth has changed my life because uh, the most, especially because of the friends that I was able to grow and also Winter Vision. Yeah. 
Um, hi, I'm Jacob. Uh, my experience in the youth and kids ministry has been um, very great, especially in my spiritual life. Um, I feel like all the teachers are great at um, just explaining the gospel and making it fun so that we learn. And um, Youth group has changed my life in um, a lot of different ways. Um, one, it's made me more comfortable to serve up here. Um, two, my spiritual um, and my walk with Christ has uh, grown exponentially, and I've made so many friends along the way, and brothers and sisters in Christ. So. Okay, let me ask you, who was your favorite Sunday school teacher and why? Um, I would probably say Uncle Rodney because um, he's just like, he was just so on fire for the Lord and he wanted his, um, the next generation and the generation after that just to be on fire and to love and serve the Lord, which was um, really great. And I, I love, um, I love his, how he, how he taught the classes. Um, uh, I remember he would make us memorize verses for candy which was a good, um, <laughs> a good way to do it. Um, but yeah, I would say Uncle Rodney. What do you think he's feeling about you sharing that story today? Um, I would say proud of himself and thankful for um, just like everyone in this church. So, yeah. Okay, who is your favorite teacher, Kevin, and why? Um, I'm also Uncle Rodney. Um, I don't know, he was really cool, but regardless, he was, like, the first person that taught me how, like, important, like, the Bible is to me, or, like, to every, any Christian, and, like, learning the Bible verses, um, and I feel like that really started to apply, like, right now, like, I finally started to realize why he really wanted us to memorize the Bible verses, and, like, you know, he gave us a lot of candy, and, yeah. <laughs> Um, I think he's, I hope he's glad that he's changing lives from the earlier stages in life about how, like, you know, Pastor Corey said, to, you know, spiritually change someone's life, you need to change them uh, when they're children. And, yeah, I feel like there should be more people like him. Yeah. Thank you, boys. I'm sure he's proud of you. So please consider being a friend uncle or aunt or grandparent figure to these children and it will be a great, great blessing for you too. So, thank you. Uh, what's funny is that uh, my favorite Sunday school teacher, I still remember him too. And uh, it was also because of candy. <laughs> In fact, I remember his name, Wayne, Wayne Grossnickel. Now, there's a great name for a third grader, Grossnickel. Uh, but, uh, but you know what? Just, that just shows you what kind of difference you can make in a young person's life by having a love for the Lord and a pocket full of candy. And, uh, and it can change a, a life forever. And that's, a, and that's a beautiful thing. So my question this morning is, where will you serve? Uh, will you visit one of these booths today? And uh, perhaps you're not serving somewhere, and uh, we would love to help you get plugged in. If you are already serving somewhere, 
Uh, no pressure to volunteer over and above your capacity. Thank you. And that's a wonderful thing. And, uh, and we praise the Lord for you. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Let's bow our head and close our eyes. In fact, uh, before I pray, uh, with all our heads bowed and our eyes closed, um, I would like to ask if there's anyone here today that would like to receive Jesus into their heart as their Lord and Savior. God, we don't lose sight of the fact that you are a miracle-working God. That you love us so much that you can turn our lives around. And, and so if you're here this morning and you'd like to receive Christ, maybe you've never made that decision to ask God to come into your life, I'm going to ask that you just, everyone's head is bowed, everyone's eyes are closed, but would you raise your hand just so I can see that? Amen. Thank you. I'm going to ask that. We, we had one person raise their hand that I saw of at least. I'll, I'll ask that person to come and pray with one of the prayer counselors, maybe either in the moment or after the service. Uh, in fact, I'll invite the prayer counselors to come forward now. But also, I, I want to ask a second question. Because I recognize there's, there's going to be a mad rush after the service is over. We're going to go get our lunch. We're going to head off to our day's activities. Uh, would you make up in your mind right now uh, what ministry booth you're going to be a part, uh, you're going to go and visit? And uh, before we dismiss, just get it in your mind, and, and that'll help you to be obedient to the Lord's will. And then lastly, as I've been preparing this message, uh, I'm just reminded that, you know, we are in need of God's man or woman to be our youth director. And, uh, and it's been a long, hard search. And so I'd like to ask if you'd be willing to pray that God would provide us a, a youth director. I'd like to know just... Like we gotta, I'd like to know, I know some of you are, if you are, just raise your hand. If you're be willing to pray every day this week that God would provide us with a, a good youth director, would you raise your hand right now? Look. Okay, thank you. We got like 15 people. I, I really thank you. Father God, we thank you that you are, that you love us so much. We thank you that you have worked in our lives, that you've served us, that you've given your, your son so that we can have a new life in you. God, I pray for this one person this morning that received you as their Savior and Lord. I pray that the, those roots of faith would go deep into his life. And God, help him to grow in his faith. And God, I pray for each person that's going to take a step of faith this morning to get involved in serving in the church uh, here somewhere uh, starting this upcoming uh, week and month. 
God, I pray that you would bless them and fill them with a sense of joy and satisfaction as they serve. And God, we pray for the youth director. Whoever that is, God, I pray that you would bring him, uh, bring him or her to our church soon and, uh, and just strengthen the ministry to our teens. I thank you, God. we got so many vol- great volunteers. The ministry is not struggling at all, but God, we really know that you have things above and beyond for us. And so we commit that to you. And God, lastly, we pray that you would just use us every time we walk on to the grounds of this church and then throughout the week. May we live lives of service that you would be glorified. We know that you are a miracle-working God. And we know that you uh, want to pour out your love and your power in the, into our lives and into our families and into our communities and in our workplaces and and among our friends. And God, we just pray that you would use us because we know that you are so great and we want that greatness to spread and others to see it as we see it. And so we lift up all of these things to you. In Jesus' name, amen.